This is David Bateson, the voice of Agent 47, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 170 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, March 25th, 2023. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Incipit Ghost, joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. And in this episode, we discuss Respawn's new studio and new Star Wars project. Redfall is getting an offline mode. ID at Xbox continues to break records. And the UK is set to pass the Activision Blizzard King deal. As always, we hope that you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, my friend, how are you? I'm doing good. It has been a very interesting week in gaming news. So I'll, I'll be curious to uh, to dive into some of these uh, these different topics as we get going. But overall, just having a really good time um i'm excited for this weekend because i think this weekend's got a lot of really cool stuff going on and uh i love seeing the the conversation being had it is a packed weekend yeah it is a packed weekend like it's a pax weekend too <laughs> it's we got packs going on gdc is is kind of still happening ish right now some of the conversations sea of thieves community day halo has a fracture event going on uh diablo 4 beta is going on resident Evil yeah. 4 remake just released it's like whew, everything whew, everything <laughs> everything uh but awesome yeah right like it's been pretty cool to watch so it's cool. all positive yeah oh yeah big time and i like seeing the wins mm-hmm. um logan tell me who's made your gaming week better buddy so this is kind of a weird one because I don't have like one person in particular. I actually have a community to thank for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause if, for those of you that don't, don't know, I do kill hauled podcast, right? I've been doing kill hauled for five years now, uh, ever since the beta for sea of thieves came out. And on March 20th, it was the fifth anniversary of sea of thieves. And they released a documentary that was uh, put out. And this is something I've been kind of holding on to for a while, but um, back in November, uh, they actually interviewed me for the the fifth year anniversary. So in the official Sea of Thieves documentary, the making of Sea of Thieves, I'm actually in with a few of the other community members. And I I received so many congratulations from people that I didn't I haven't talked to in a long time. So if you reached out to me, thank you. Uh, if you got a chance to watch it and, and recognize me, because it was really cool to be there even if I was the only one wearing a suit jacket. What, what, what about cool. you? Well, yeah, no, hold was... on. Hold on. This is awesome because I've only gotten halfway through. What is it? Voyage of a Lifetime? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Halfway through it. I'm, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, really good documentary. It. So I haven't gotten to you yet. You didn't tell me that you were in this. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things where I'm just kind of letting people like I'm not trying to make it about me because it's, it's about CFE. So um it was cool to be able to get in there uh they they there was a lot of footage that i know based on the interviews um that they didn't get to use so i'm always i'm going to be curious to see like if anything becomes of that but yeah it was really fantastic it was it was just 
It was beautiful. It, it, I legit got worked up like over over the whole event because I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I've been loving this game since it came out. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite things to to do. I mean, I have a tattoo of of the game's logo on my arm uh, that I got in the first year that it was out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm in it. It's it's Sea of Thieves Community Weekend this week. I it's just it's beautiful. I I've, I've been loving it. That's cool. That's awesome, man. And I will tell you, uh, I loved I. I I am a casual member of Keo Hall. That is to say, like, I'm in the Discord. I watch, but I don't talk as much because I don't get to play as much Sea of Thieves as I like. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really cool to see just that that community there. And I don't know if any of them made the jump over to XCP, but if you are listening, Keo Hall people, you guys are amazing. You have one of the coolest communities there. They're awesome. Thank you. Yeah, they're, they're, awesome. they're great. I love that community. They're some of my yeah. favorite people. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I want to give a good bit of a, sh- a shout out to Level One Gaming's uh, David Whitaker, Fame 2K. Uh, he was good enough to join me uh, for episode two of Creator Talk, which is our Patreon tier two and three show. Uh, joined me there to talk about uh, Activision Blizzard IP that we would want to see return. Introduced me to what Hexen is, which is kind of cool. I didn't. Oh, I know you didn't know Hexen? Didn't know oh, Hexen. dude, Hexen. Yeah. Um, but I want to give him a shout out, not just because he was on creator talk, but because the initial time we were going to record, I canceled on him maybe two minutes before we were supposed to record, which is not a kind thing to do to anybody. Um, real world got in the way, real, real world. You know what I mean? And he was just so good, so gracious, so kind, uh, and rescheduled with me. And I just really appreciated that because he could have just been like, sorry, man, I can't do it. But he made he moved mountains to make it happen, and so that was really cool. So I wanted to just that's awesome. yeah, support level one gaming. David uh, Fame Two K is just amazing. Good people, good people. So yeah, man. So that's that's uh that's who I want to give a shout out to this that's week. Cool. They made my gaming week better. It's awesome, right? Really kind. It is. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, they are really kind. Is what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, Logan. One of my favorite segments of this show is our Patreon pitch, where we thank all the people and give people shout outs for supporting us over on Patreon, uh, helping us get to E3, uh, helping us kind of set up everything. And if you notice a little jank, it's because I got my new desk, uh, which is cool. And I'm arranging things. I don't have the the PC has been shipped by Ainsley Bowden. Uh, My monitor is on its way from Kevin Butler. Uh, I am assembling the Batcave, which is really, really cool. Uh, and that's cool. So I want to thank all the patrons for helping me get this desk and get to E3, etc. But we got a new patron this week, uh, Mr. Jam Pack yeah. Sam. He was good enough to uh, support XEP at tier two, which is amazing. And I'm grateful. Sam, you are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, he's our newest patron. And that's just a, it's a feel good, right? Yeah, that's awesome. And, and for those of you that are listening that aren't part of that community yet, Make sure that y'all decide to head over to patreon.com forward slash Xbox expansion pass. Consider donating some of your hard earned cash. The time that you spend at work thinking about Xbox and listening to our voices. A little bit of that always goes to help out Luke uh, so that he can make sure that he has the best equipment. So he's not worrying about how hard things are because he's working with stuff that just is not cooperating. And I, I always appreciate that. And I know he hates when I do this, but. (laughs) <laughs> I don't hate it. It's just, I don't know what to do with my hands. It's like, all right, what do I do here? He's talking about me. <laughs> uh, no, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Crazy, crazy. Well, Logan, it is your week to read our Patreon members. Uh, so if you would be so kind as to give our Patreon shout outs for tier two and three, it'd be amazing. I love doing this. Thank you to 
Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Jesse Martinez, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, Matt Without Fear, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Combs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all so much for your support for your tier twos and tier threes. That's right. And we've got an episode of Xbox wrap up we need to record yeah. uh, for our tier three members. That's, yeah. Ooh, okay. All right. Our monthly show is going to have to record this one. I'm excited. We talked uh, about if we were going to rank food next. So I don't know if uh, we're going to stick to that, but we could definitely we could talk about that or ranking rank Resident gears. Evils. Oh, we could rank gear. Oh, yeah. You did say you wanted to rank Gears. That's true. I want to rank the Gears games for sure. Gears Pop. It's my favorite. <laughs> I liked Gears Pop. It was fun. You just like the little mini things like this and some other topic we're going to be talking about. You like the little mini things. I do. I do. That oh, fun. God. That's funny. All right. So what do we got going on this week? Oh, dude. Good week. Good yeah. week of stuff. For me, uh, one of the coolest things was to see some of the news out of Respawn. Uh, Respawn is yes. opening a new studio and we got kind of more info on their new Star Wars game. And you might think I'm talking about Jedi Survivor. I'm not. They've got another game in development, not the sequel to Jedi Survivor that they have talked about. They want it to be a trilogy, etc. But they've got a new Star Wars project that is a first-person shooter inspired by Dark, Force, Dark Forces in the works. That's exciting to me. So I'm stoked there because Respawn has not missed yet. But quite separately from that, they've also got a new studio that is opening up with a sole purpose of letting Apex Legends live for the next 10 to 15 years, which is to me very cool because when you have a studio dedicated to, to one purpose that frees up talent to do other creative things and they're working in a Star Wars space, which is exciting. I know some of these things can go awry. Some of these things can change, but Respawn has given every reason of confidence thus far. So I'm excited by this news. I don't know if, if did you take that the same way I did uh, or, or what? Where were you at? Yeah, I know. I 100% agree with you. I, I think that giving respawn like the opportunity to really kind of focus in on apex legends let let a studio dedicate themselves to that if they feel ambitious like build out more of apex legends because you know 10 10 to you know 5 to 10 or 10 to 15 years is is a long time for a franchise to be running off of one game so if you're going to do that you really have to start kind of like thinking about okay what are the other opportunities that apex legends is missing out on mm -hmm. that you could really you know tap into like take a look at like fortnite and what fortnite's doing take a look at like call of duty and what call of duty is doing you know really play around in that space and start offering some different modes and some different play styles even possibly like some single player content. I know a lot of people would love to see a Titanfall 3. I think there's an opportunity if a studio was given that kind of freedom to be able to focus in on that instead of having to play backup for any kind of Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. Having Star Wars like be Respawn's kind of main thing mm -hmm. would be fantastic for me because I think a lot of it is going to depend on the quality of Jedi Survivor. If Jedi Survivor takes a lot of the lessons from Fallen Order and implements them well into this first sequel, it will really spell out like a, it, it'll spell out like what we've all kind of hoped is, is that this is going to be the next studio to tackle Star Wars in a meaningful and, and positive look like, you know, so many 
studios have continued to try. And I think Squadrons was the most recent one where we've been like, oh, this is a really good game. Too bad it's, you know, very short. Um, the, the Respawn playing around in this Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor, and then this new game. Like, I'm, I'm all for that because I, I think that there are fans out there that really want this kind of content. And Respawn is showing that they that they show care and consideration to the IP and can still build a fairly good game at the same time. I agree. And part of me wonders if this is what, you know, the pipe dream of EA having a 10 year deal with, with star Wars was meant to be. Um, and they just canceled all 10 games then shouldn't they (laughs) really big time. And they, they definitely botched that approach, but seeing, EA put out squadrons seeing battlefront two, by the way, ended up very good, but it then did. seeing, cause I, Oh yeah, I love that. I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it too. Cause I really loved battlefront two. Yeah. Um, the flying is fun. The, the flying, flying is a lot of fun in that game. And the third person shooting, like once they started getting characters in there and balanced properly and it wasn't microtransaction heavy, I really loved battlefront two. Um, yeah. but admittedly like Joe, Kev and I, we picked that up just before the pandemic so the game had been out for a little bit but it yeah it, like you know we, we played it during uh some of the star wars hype and we had a blast with it um it was just good but when you look at the quality of battlefront 2 the way it ended up squadrons came out i wanted it third person but still great uh and then fallen order the way that jedi survivor looks like it's going to land uh and to me, like what they're promising of the future, a Dark Forces inspired thing from a studio that's made Titanfall 2, from a studio that's done great things with Apex in terms of first person shooting. They know first person mechanics. So there's a lot to be excited about with that. Yeah. What I like most about it is they've given us project and project to be to, to enjoy. EA has overall, but they're not the only Star Wars things in production. So like it's not the only vision for Star Wars. So that to me is the cool part they're not the only one but they're definitely the strongest some of these other ones that we've been seeing like come out and stuff it's like i don't i just don't know if these things are going to land i don't know if these projects are going to be able to hold up to like especially like some of the remakes i don't know if these are gonna i haven't seen anything that is is giving me faith in the studios to handle those ips that that ip very well this on the other hand 100 percent trust them to do and, and it's, you know, what I really appreciate about this too is, um, I don't think it's in our notes, but like cyberpunk or not, uh, uh, projects, CD project, right. Is starting to like review some of their, their project pipeline to, to like decide on, you know, if things are going to move forward and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Respawn is being very tempered about like what they're announcing and what they're going to be working on. Like, we know that they want to make a third one. We, but they haven't like promised it mm-hmm. they we know that they're working on an fps for star wars and we know that the that they're they're moving people to a new studio to make sure that apex is still focused on and not giving that up because they know that that's a really important ip for them so i like that they're not it doesn't look like they're overextending it looks like they're doing natural growth and that that is a strong like checkbox in the in the pro section for me agreed agreed and I think it also helps when you got, in theory, mind you, three studios under Respawn, right? You got your Apex, your Jedi, Dark Forces, I don't know what to call what they're calling that one. But like yeah. you've got three studios that are all theoretically under the same culture, uh, same mindset, same general direction. Of course, that's not always one to one. 
but uh, that makes me happy to hear. And in large part, EA tends to leave Respawn alone, I think. I think it's a fair point. They trust Uh, him. They trust him. Yeah. And, you know, Apex 10, you know, I want to touch on the Apex side of things for a little bit. Uh, 10 to 15 years, I don't see Apex lasting that long as, you know, Apex Legends, but other aspects of it, doing other things with it, molding into a new new thing. Maybe this becomes Titanfall. Maybe this becomes something else. Um, but within that universe, I see that vision. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You got fine. me curious now. Because now, now I'm curious, like, how long has Fortnite been around? Because they were out in, what, 2019? Yes. Um, uh, the, Apex, you mean? No, no, no. no. Fortnite, because I'm curious, like, I think Fortnite is probably the longest, best running battle royale. Mm-hmm. And, and to compare that to... It's been much uh, longer than 2019. Has it? Yeah. 2018? 2017? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's um, see. 2017, 2017 came was. out. That would save the world. Yep. The and then... Well, they, released, they released Battle Royale in the same year, too, as early access. Oh, yeah, yeah you're and right. Creative came out in 2018. So what is that? Six years so far. So Fortnite still like just barely over the halfway mark to the 10 year Mm -hmm. spot. Still doing really well, I would Mm say. Um, But I think a lot of that drives on the fact that they are pulling in IPs from everywhere to keep relevance. And I think that so it makes me wonder like. Apex is going to like Call of Duty is is a is a, a franchise that will never die. Like that is an institution at this point. Like if you want to play a, a battle royale or a multiplayer shooter, you go to Call of Duty. Apex, I don't quite think is there yet personally, mm. but I think it could. I just think that Apex needs to start doing some really flashy stuff to keep attention on it. To maintain. That's the thing. When Apex, forgive the pun, when Apex dropped. Dude, I loved Apex. We yeah. like I have every achievement. I I one K'd Apex back when it was Yeah. That's what it that was what the goal was before battle passes and such. And uh we played a lot of Apex and I really enjoyed it. Um they but but that market continues to get more crowded, right? Yeah. Since Apex, you've seen Destiny do some some pretty amazing things. Fortnite continues to do things. Warzones one and two uh are special. Right, I remember when Warzone One dropped. We were all like, "Ooh, okay." That was uh, the battle royale. That right? was what. That was the the culmination of all the things that we wanted from mm-hmm. a battle royale. And then Fortnite came out with Unreal Engine Five, and everyone was like, "Damn, that's pretty." Mm-hmm. Fortnite's done a good job of staying alive and upgrading, not just with IP, but like whenever when this generation started, it got a visual uptick pretty sharp, and it just did quickly too. Yeah, real quickly. Like um, they they're fast. That's yeah. what Apex needs. You know, somehow not in our notes, but you mentioned Unreal Engine 5, uh, and that brought me to one of the coolest things to come out of GDC. Did you see the Hellblade uh, oh, facial, yeah. facial Dude, animation the, stuff? Yeah, the, the real the real-time facial mapping yeah. used for Unreal. Like, it's just it's a face cam, and instead of it recording the, 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 the actors, like, expressions it's just converting it straight to uh the the character's face using metahuman like Mm -hmm. dude unreal engine has like their demos want to want me to install unreal engine 5 dude (laughs) i'm like damn this looks good it's i was so impressive 
it's so impressive. It makes me so excited for what Hellblade could be. I worry yeah. it's overpromising, right? Because sometimes we see visual things that are just oh, yeah. stunning. Um, the demos Hell- are demos for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it really gets me excited and re- reminds me of what I think we talked about on last week's episode is that we have not seen any of the power of this generation no. at all. Yeah. Uh, and man, oh man, like if that's what the future holds, like that's crazy cool. That's Dude, crazy cool. If you if you take a look at like what Hellblade did with that demo for MetaHuman and you and you integrate that with the the real world tessellation for the Matrix demo that they put out like a year or two ago yep like you could have a really fan freaking tastic game like if you have the top dogs working on this like if you were to if you were genuinely to take a studio that is familiar like coalition with unreal engine who are currently like playing around with unreal 5 Mm-hmm. You gave them like the tools to mess around with MetaHuman, gave them the tools to mess around with the world building that you can with in, unlike the demos they showed this weekend of like the the natural um oh, I can't think of what they call it, but it's like that the progressive uh environmental changing that you can do with shifting elements around if you if you mm-hmm. hand pick a little bit of it and you you detail a little bit of it and then you let the rest of the world populate around it and you can still tweak it around like giving mm-hmm. the coalition that kind of power man the next gears could be scary cool like yeah. just amazing it to me is just one of those things it's like i don't have the imagination to imagine how good it's going to be you know like sometimes people are like make your perfect game luke and i'm always superhero this that but i don't actually i can't see it yeah when i see this kind of stuff i'm like man my mind isn't good enough for these geniuses but like when I see that Superman Unreal Five demo, and then I see this, and then I see like the Matrix thing, it's just like if you take this technology and talent and apply it to IP that I'm interested in, how could yeah. I ever be upset? How could I be disappointed? You, you know, you know, I and I, I want to spend a minute on this, so time me if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, there was news that there is a a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ronin uh thing that that is is maybe this can be like part of the xbox wrap-up that i can dive into but there's a a, an announcement that a ronin game is going to be made um for teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 for anyone that's read through ronin um you know that that game could be absolutely amazing like rival spider-man in my opinion if you really did it justice and Mm -hmm. i think like I think if you took like the the whispers and stuff, you know the kind of like the the voices from Hellblade, uh, that like kind of the messed up stuff that that she's hearing all the time. If you put that into a Ronin game for TMNT, dude, that that would be sick. That would be so sick to have Raph hearing the voices of his brothers and oh man, spoil that pretty big. I'm sorry, it's in the first like pages of the book. If you haven't yeah. figured out what Ronin is. In a in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic, <laughs> and it's only got one turtle on the cover. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Go read that book. It's really good. It's really good. I need to reread it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm so excited by that possibility, and and to loop to the technology part because I don't want to burn our topic for wrap up because that's a good one for wrap up. Okay. Um, I yeah, man, I just. I have that vision. Like, that's what I like about GDC sometimes because I'm not, a, I don't follow it 
tooth and nail because it's not for me, right? This is like for game developers, but the little yeah. things that come out, we've seen some cool stuff with AI, a lot of cool stuff with uh, facial recognition and, and other cool, just neat elements. But Unreal 5 to me just is a promised land of good things for gamers. And um, man, I when I see that demo, I'm like, oh, okay, Hellblade 2 is not coming out for a while, which also <laughs> like, hurry up get it together justify hey, these boxes like come on you, you know maybe it's on the first parties to be doing that kind of stuff you know maybe like you know get get the big get the big guns out there and let them start playing around with that space and proving why these boxes are worth the the, the money but that would you know all, all this talk aside there was some other good news that came out of gdc too huh Ooh, you talking about id at xbox yeah okay it's pretty so- exciting for gamers as well Yes, absolutely. So I'll recap this one briefly uh, because it's just it's so cool. And it's it's very much in the spirit of XEP, right? And spotlighting. Yeah. Um, but 10 years into the idea at Xbox program, uh, over 3000 games have been published and 3000 more in the works. They have paid out uh, approximately four billion dollars to creators uh, of those games. Currently, ID at Xbox is working with over 5,000 developers over 100 countries, which is dope. They also de- de- announced rather a developer acceleration program to help devs get noticed by ID at Xbox teams, which I think is really neat. Uh, it's a program that gives templates to developers uh, so that they know what it is they need to get started with ID at Xbox and submit concepts, concepts for review kind of earlier on and to help them get onto Game Pass. And the part that I liked about that one, Logan, is XEP's interviews have gotten some headlines in the last few months by different uh, exclusive develop- Xbox-exclusive games and developers who have tried to get onto Game Pass but been denied. Uh, Shoulders of Giants, We Are the Caretakers. I could swear there's one more that we talked to, and I'm just blanking. Deliver but- Us Mars? No, it wasn't Deliver Us Mars. Whatever, it didn't matter. But developers that have been trying to get onto Game Pass that are Xbox exclusive that for one reason or another just aren't. Uh, and I love that. It's like, hey, you want to make games? Here's a program, ID at Xbox, that can help you make games. Here's a program that can help you get noticed. Do you want to also be in Game Pass? This is We're going to also have an element of this program to look for you. Uh, and I think that's great. I think consistently, though, the optics of ID at Xbox are difficult. Um, and it's sometimes too many games get missed and they rely on content creators uh, to spotlight them. But I think that's partially on Xbox. But overall, I thought this was really good news. What did you, what was your take? Cause I know this one surprised you in the notes. You didn't see this one during the week, right? Yeah. I didn't get a chance to really dive into GDC that much. I think like a couple of the videos passed through, through my timeline, but it's been all sea of thieves pretty much this whole week for me. So getting a chance to check over this on the show notes, it's fantastic that they're doing this. And I still, I still to this day believe that Xbox is the one that is excelling the most when it comes to supporting indie developers, because Microsoft is got an entire program built out for them they they are actively promoting their stuff in game pass you know you see the you see the 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 new releases they showcase them may way better i can't tell you what games are coming out on nintendo switch online for indie games i don't know which ones are being spotlighted i don't know which ones are getting spotlighted over on playstation i see the big titles when i go to the store and that's about it so for me when i look at like what the indie devs are doing I see that they are being appreciated and and that's where the real like that's where the real joy 
for gaming comes because they're passionate people that are putting out content on a much, you know, a much quicker click than what the big studios will do. Yeah, it's not IP that, you know, but it's probably more creative ideas. Like look at Neon White, like that is an indie game that has such a unique idea. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, um, oh, I just blanked on the game. It's the, uh, the Hades, uh, you know, games like that, like that just come out of nowhere and, and have a really solid gameplay loop that are just indie games. And they're just out there to really kind of have fun and enjoy what you love about gaming, which is the gaming aspect of it. So having programs like this are essential to cultivating a group of people who trust a platform, who Mm -hmm. get rewarded by the platform and get their content out to more people quicker than any other company out there. Uh, No, I fully agree. And I'm thinking about, I looked up a few things while you were chatting uh, about the developer acceleration program that I knew, I knew, but I didn't write down for some reason. Um, Initiated kind of with this program is a fund that is going to help with porting games to Xbox, which I think is great. Um, Getting, you know, if games been made for PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, what Steam, Epic Games or wherever it is uh, to help port it into Xbox. ID at Xbox is going to help with that. They're also offering green room events to help with marketing tips uh, and little things that might help an indie developer as far as the game's life cycle, which yeah. is awesome. Uh, and I think maybe we alluded to this is, is, uh, helping developers prototype some of their stuff, uh, and, and test out some of their things. And I don't know exactly what that means. That's game preview, isn't it? Probably game preview. Maybe it's online infrastructure stuff or like, Hey, you've, you've done this, but maybe we need to prototype your cloud controls or, how oh. this is going to work if you're going to do keyboard and mouse, but console or controller on PC. I don't yeah. know. I'm speculating. Um, but from the outside looking in, I continue to be pleased and impressed with a lot of the ID at Xbox initiatives. And it seems like almost universally good news. Now, I will continue to say ID at Xbox is a bad name for 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 consumers because what does that even mean, right? Unless you're like independent developer at xbox that doesn't like what does that mean yeah um to the casual fan and id xbox does some really great live streams every week on twitch and whatnot no one knows about them right same thing with their xbox channel as well too they have a, a, a xbox that they stream every weekend or every week every week they they give away games that are that are coming out that week like a lot of people not paying attention to the folks over on the Xbox channels and the ASL channel too. Uh, that, that it's just, it's, I agree. They, they really, but at the same time, I have to, I, I want to push back and play devil's advocate a little okay. bit because I don't think that this needs to be mainstream for people. I think mainstream is for the folks who are looking for the bigger titles and then the, the cream of the crop for the indies. Mm-hmm. These are for the, the, the idea at Xbox is most definitely for the indie fans like the ones that are championing the smaller games the smaller studios the the one person in the in the the house like two years worth of of development and stuff you know the people like valheim who are making something that is beautiful and unique and watching that transition over to console from pc because pc is easier to to get out there through steam i don't know that it needs to be mainstream and 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 i think that is kind of intrinsic with the indie aspect of indie you are correct i can't argue that part 
I think <laughs> it's a matter of I want more games to be played by more people, right? Maybe that's I'm just being selfish, but like no, I that's have fair. so many good indie experiences. Yeah. Um, I don't more, know. More stream play on Xbox, please. Like being able to stream a game as opposed to installing it. Mm-hmm. I much much per, like I was I was thinking about jumping into Hellblade because I still haven't finished it and God. when I put it down it was it was like in a really good part and I was like oh man I got to get back to this I was genuinely tempted to just stream it because I was like mm, I want to play it but I don't know if I want if I'm going to have space because like Midnight Suns is uh, available for free play this weekend so I wanted to jump into that as well too so I installed that and I really wanted to jump into Hellblade and I was like oh should just stream this i really really should just stream it i've got the bandwidth i've got i've got the ability to do it so i think i might just actually do that and Mm -hmm. and just stream that but yeah having streaming ability for id at xbox games would be a a, a good way for folks to dip their toe into indie games without committing to the download Mm -hmm. i agree no you're right i i want to hear from the listeners too though like what are your ideas for helping xbox and id at xbox get games visibility games that need it visibility um because i don't know i wonder how much the free to play or the free weekend program i wonder how much visibility that gets because i always see the ads for it yeah um are people taking advantage of that i really would ask the listeners to jot in on the comments or jump in on discord because i'm curious about yeah. that you know so Same. Just for anecdotal evidence i suppose all right uh let's jump down uh I don't want to spend long on this one, but it is big news uh, as far as Activision Blizzard goes. The UK CMA says that it does not make financial sense for Xbox to make Call of Duty exclusive. And uh, they have provisionally concluded that the deal will not result in a substantial lessening of competition in console gaming services. Uh, In short, it looks like this is going through. That's awesome. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad selfishly just because I think this is a tired topic. Um, and blood from a stone is exhausting, right? Like <laughs> yeah. we did a great creator talk. I really enjoyed that with David. That wasn't about the ABK deal. That was just about IP that we want to see make a return. That's the fun stuff for me. I don't care about the legality. I have no interest in seeing games denied from people, uh, which I suppose ties into our Redfall conversation in a moment. But in short, I'm glad to see this is coming to an end one way or another. We know timeline wise it has to be cool. Good. Like let it pass. Let it not. I'm ready to move on. Uh, but in short, yeah, looks like it's going through for the UK. Uh, you have to think the FTC is going to follow suit. I know some senators are saying some things here left and right. I don't care. Cause I don't, I don't like gaming is yeah. too big for me to specialize on that. Uh, this is one of those things where we can keep it real short i i agree this is a great win for microsoft this is what they're hoping for um a lot of folks are wanting this to be done with because it it has been a year it's interesting to think about how this is only like we've literally only been in this for maybe like 13 14 months total so far Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and I think most people are, are kind of overhearing about it because it's something that is, it's one of the biggest deals in the history of tech. So mm-hmm. I, I think that a lot of folks are, are kind of looking at it and stuff, but yeah, it was, it was really nice to see that the CMAs moving forward with, the, with the deal provisionally, obviously, um, it's, it's going to be a win for everyone. Um, I think that everyone is still going to have access to what they want, which is call of duty. I think a lot of other studios are going to 
start being able to play around with spaces that they that they haven't gotten to play around with. We just found out um, Toys for Bob is is still making crash games. So mm-hmm. that plus some of the other studios, like we've we've seen some leadership over at ABK leave recently because they've been forced to work on stuff that they aren't happy working on instead of the mm-hmm. stuff that they want to be working on, which is such a bummer because you hope that everyone's happy working on what they want to work on. Mm-hmm. When you see those really, really, you know, those luminaries leave a, a company, it's like mm, something something was lost there. And mm-hmm. I hope that Microsoft can kind of turn ship on on this company and this publisher and and bring back some of those people with promise that you have freedom to do what you want instead of being servants to the bigger picture agreed well said well said very well said um you know what mid mid show moment let's take a quick pause if you're enjoying the show and you got a chance guys maybe throw a review over on itunes or spotify yeah patreon pitches and such but you know if Throwing a review is how you are able to support. We are grateful for it. We would be appreciative for it. I don't often do that, Logan. Um, some say I should do it more. So part of me is like, no, don't do it at all. I don't know. But, uh, you know, if anyone's listening and you're willing, throw a review on there. It helps out. It's it it's out. a good reminder. I forget myself all the time um, yeah. about that. You know, and usually I'm having like such a good conversation or I'm listening to such a good conversation that it doesn't even cross my mind, um, which is usually why I tell people at the end of the episode, Hopefully mm-hmm. they get there. <laughs> Not all people get to the end of an episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I feel that. I feel well, that time is time is difficult. And I know a lot of people like they listen to good portions and chunks or they like the the time codes like on a YouTube video. And yeah, I appreciate that, too. Cheers to yeah. you. Enjoy the show however you can. All right. Let's talk Redfall, Logan. A lot of news about Redfall seems to just be coming every single week. And in short, the majority of it seems very positive. Uh, this this story was a feel good one for me in that hearing all the feedback about an offline mode. Uh, Arcane's Harvey Smith was talking to uh, Eurogamer as well as yes, talking to Eurogamer uh, about kind of the complicated processes of taking Redfall, which was designed to be online, and removing that requirement. And it might take time, may not make it to launch, but he says, "quote We listen." And we've already started work to address this in the future. We have to do something like encrypt your save games and do a bunch of UI work to support it. And so we're looking into it. And I'm not supposed to promise anything, but we are looking into it and working actively towards fixing that in the future. End quote. He says not to promise anything. And I, I take that and I respect that. But it sounds very much like Arcane is getting an offline mode for Redfall. Uh, I know that offline and online requirements really bother some people. For a game like Redfall, I don't know that I was bothered by it, but what I appreciate here is a high-profile AAA game for Microsoft listening to feedback uh, and making changes. And I think that's something that Xbox proper, Microsoft overall, does do, but not always with the pipeline and... uh, what would you what would you say that the the development process doesn't always favor that but they're listening and i appreciate that that aspect of it yeah this it's funny because for me i don't care i i try to be online as much as possible and if i if i lose internet it's usually less than a day i i rarely ever lose internet for more than a day especially given that the work I do has has to be online like i have to be online to be able to do my job so for me looking at this and seeing that they're working on an offline mode 
I'm glad that folks will be able to do that because um, it means like folks that travel and they've got their Series S and they've got their screen. Uh, their I think it's like X screen. I can't remember the name and forgive me for those look cool. I, I love it. I think they're beautiful. Um, but having that on the plane and being able to play Redfall and not having connection to the internet, but still being able to play it that I could see it's, it's a, it's a thing that people want. And I understand that, especially if there's a single player aspect to this game, like why not let the single player people be able to play single player offline if that's what they're forced to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how hard that kind of a thing is because I think at the end of the day, they're trying to ensure that things are done proper. And mm-hmm. this is so like, they're in the marketing stages right now. Like they, they've, they've pretty much probably finished this game. It's, it's been, a long time and i think that they're right now most of their engineers are probably done with the engineering aspects of redfall so they're probably moving into taking a look and seeing like okay before we do any future stuff let's see if we can figure this out before we move on to the next project because they want to make sure that it hits and hits well i don't expect it at launch though um i would expect this to be like a, a quarter uh update like they're they're in the process of working on it it's probably going to take months in, mm-hmm. in several stints to be able to to figure out and then we'll probably see like an update later this year if if they can get it worked out that's kind of how i looked at it like content uh, content drop like content drops and updates or maybe are different things but like first major update is when i see this happening right two three four months after launch the yeah. first big drop they'll throw some dlc in there uh with it probably free dlc uh with that first update to bring people back and say hey here's what we fixed um but yeah maybe definitely not making launch in my mind but still cool maybe maybe for the redfall for release on ps5 maybe oh oh my goodness is that not a thing logan let me tell you something big bad Uh microsoft came in Uh oh and they said absolutely not playstation gamers you're not getting redfall we want to deny you happiness and we don't want to make money anywhere else uh no i got a chuckle I got to chuckle about about this story. Redfall PS5 version canceled. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, But what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything was taken away per se. It meant development was stopped on something. Uh, It's kind of like when people were mad at Jim Ryan uh, when the quote came out about uh, how he's like, I don't want a deal. I just want to stop your merger. Well, yeah, that's not a surprise. Like that's that's not surprising. Of course, he wants to stop the Activision Blizzard deal. Of course, the head of Sony and my or head of uh, Sony PlayStation wants to stop it. Yeah. Um, and in this case, yeah, like it's, it's news in the sense of like, yes, you can acknowledge it, but the inflammatory headlines I'm seeing in some places, I, I could swear it was dude, the, the, like the toxicity about Phil Spencer lying online has been just disgusting. Like folks, so listen, strange. What are you doing? And well, certain outlets are not helping, and I'm not even trying to damn any outlet to, to be to say they're so bad. But like, yeah, of course, production stopped on the major competitors' version of this because it was never promised. Uh, it's not like it's a live service, uh, Elder Scrolls Online that's already been there. They've never once stopped uh, content updates. And I want to read Microsoft's response to the, to the idea that you know they took away. Uh, Redfall for PlayStation. It says, uh, quote, we haven't pulled any games from PlayStation. In fact, we've expanded our footprint of games that we've shipped on Sony's PlayStation since the acquisition of ZeniMax. 
And the first two games we shipped after closing were PlayStation 5 exclusives. We did the same thing since our closing of Minecraft as we extended the reach of that franchise. All of the games that were available on PlayStation that when we acquired ZeniMax in March 2021 are still available on PlayStation, and we have continued to do content updates on PlayStation and PC. We've always said that the future decisions of whether to distribute ZeniMax games for other consoles will be made on a case-by-case basis, end quote. Yeah. And yes, right? Like, where's the confusion? <laughs> where's the... It's so silly. So silly, you know, like Luke, Luke, have they taken any games away from PlayStation that are already available? They have not. They have, have they, not. Have they taken away any games that they've that, that, that they've promised were coming due to contractual they, obligations? They have not. Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop both released PlayStation exclusives for the, the year exclusivity. Did they did they ever publicly announce that there was a PS5 version for Starfield or Redfall? They did not. And they ain't doing anything wrong, people. They are you got to pull your head out of that hole and take a look at the world around you. It's so wild, man. It's it's so wild. Like, oh, my God. Xbox are not the devil, nor is, are they angels. They're businesses and they're yeah. making business decisions. Yeah. Exclusives are a part of it. They're and not your buddy. Yeah, they're not your buddy, pal. Uh, <laughs> but like. Not the devil nor the angel. They're a business. Doing right by customers is going to help that business. Doing wrong by customers is not. Uh, they need to have exclusive things to sell their console. That makes sense. But even in my in, in Phil Spencer's verbiage, as we've heard so many of these things quote back, he said, we're interested in uh, our games being sold wherever Game Pass is available. He's not even saying Xbox specifically. He's saying wherever Game Pass is available. Yeah. Take that to the bank, guys. If, Whatever if, device that has Game Pass, that's where look, your games are going to be. If, if you're pissed off about this, then I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go uh, go onto your computer, pull open Gmail. I need you to go to the little two section. I want you to type in jim.ryan at sony.com. And I want you to put in the subject, please wet Game Pass on ps5 <laughs> and you tell jim that it's not going to hurt him that mm -hmm. if anything it's going to make him a portion of money because he's going to get there's going to be a contractual obligation between these two companies that say that sony playstation makes some sort of money off of the revenue that comes from having game pass on sony and mm -hmm. i guarantee you Phil Dominus Spencer is not going to give a flying about whether or not it's on PlayStation. I don't think he gives one. I really don't because it's going to make him money and it's going to help Xbox. So if y'all red beast in his car with his sons right now, <laughs> if y'all, if y'all really, really want your, your freaking your, your red in your Starfield email jim ryan that you want game pass on playstation that's that's how this works that's how this works please find a way to use the beeps in at least two more segments before the show is end and okay i love bleeps i think i think comedy is funnier with bleeps nine times out of ten. Oh yeah for the record i think it's funny <laughs> um but yeah okay cool like no version was was taken from anybody nothing that was promised was taken away and um you know what I also think about sometimes is Fortnite. Like I was on my Xbox and I bought the Kratos skins in Fortnite on my Xbox. Yeah. And I logged in on PlayStation so I get the special armor version of it. And then fine. 
And then Joe did the same thing with his special armor version of Master Chief. Yeah. And it was fine. Somehow we made it. Like somehow we it's kept okay. going. It's okay. It's okay, yeah. folks. It's, it's cool. It's not good. It's not that. And, and I get it. You spent $500 on your PlayStation 5. You spent $550 on your PSVR 2. You don't have another $500 to be able to spend on Xbox because that's not where your friends play. That's not where you get trophies. I get it. I, I 100% understand. You know what I wanted to do when I wanted to play Spider-Man? I figured it out. Oh, I got a second job. <laughs> that's how I got a PS3, fun fact. <laughs> but I'm the guy that sold pla- sold his plasma so he could get a 360 when he was in college. Yeah, played like Gears of War. Had to hey man, I sold pl- I sold pl- plasma at one point in my life too. You know what? College life is hard. Debts it need was. to be forgiven. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah, but no, I I I know that folks have their preference, and I 100% respect people to have their mm-hmm. preference. But if you really want to play these games, there's nothing stopping you outside of time and money. So mm-hmm. if you can work those out, then you can enjoy all the games. And isn't mm-hmm. that better than than going and spending your like how productive of it is for you to go online and complain about something as opposed to being productive, earning, you know, some extra cash and figuring out how to get to play it. Wouldn't that yeah. just be easier? Wouldn't that be more productive? I think it would than be. complaining and, about it. What is the complaining and, going to do for you? One other, another thing that I've heard too, too rarely in content creators spaces that gaming is a privilege and it's one we're very fortunate to get a chance to talk about to get a chance to participate in but none of us are entitled to play a game we don't have a right to play a game we are consumers businesses are uh, enterprises that sell and we consume and we are not like in order to participate in that process you have to do your part of it and whatever that means is whatever that means for that platform, platform holder. But it is it is part of the journey, but it is you are not entitled to get to play a game. Um, it is a privilege and it's one that you often earn. Often yeah. it is earned by way of time or money or both. Uh, but we, we forget that sometimes in these spaces. Um, I will never pretend like I'm not super fortunate to have access to be, and be able to play games. Uh, but. If they were all taken away, I would be fine. Like I, I yeah. would be okay. I would not be probably as happy or fulfilled in that particular interest of my life. Yeah, but I would be okay. Food. I'd get a library water. card. Yeah, there you go. Read the last Ronin. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's transition down to smaller stories, but ones that make me happy. Okay. Uh, kind of in that idea of Phil Spencer wanting games where where they're available. Uh, the same CMA deal that's brought ABK stuff. Uh, has led to Microsoft revealing that they are working on an Xbox mobile game store, uh, that they are working to have a mobile platform that rivals Apple and Android, etc. And we'd heard about this before. And in fact, uh, it was in my to Microsoft's credit because uh, there were other third party companies that were like, no, we want more competition in this particular space because Apple runs everything. So Google was siding with Microsoft on the idea of, yes, get an Apple store. Uh, and that had, to, and then Epic came to support it and whatnot because competition helps uh, in, in so many ways. But Microsoft is working to have a mobile element that is stronger. And this news kind of coincides with the release and launch of Mighty Doom that just came out. That's a mobile game that I'm really enjoying. It's on Apple and Android. Uh, it's in the Doom universe. It's a mobile game, so there are mobile elements of it. 
but with one hand i'm being doom slayer taking out demons uh it plays a little bit like vampire survivors if anyone hasn't checked it out but it's cute it's fun i dig it i'm also the guy for context that really liked gears pop and i really like titanfall assault um i enjoy when my properties that i'm interested in can be played in more places and more ways i like that um and so far knock on wood mighty doom does not feel predatory but it does feel like a mobile game so there's that th- it's there but that's my take on, on that one have, have you played mighty doom and did you yeah. see this news yeah i did i did play it i don't know if i i think it plays like a vampire survivors because i think vampire survivors is far more passive than mighty doom is um mm-hmm. mighty doom it's good it's a it's a corridor shooter it's a shmup you're going to be dodging bullets you're going to be dodging like attacks and you're going to be shooting and, and upgrading it it feels a lot like gradius um at a different perspective instead of it going side scrolling it's more like from top to bottom so like in ikaruga or something like that um but mm-hmm. it, it, they did a good job with it i think it's it's nice the one problem that i have with it is that levels are based off of energy and energy is a rechargeable thing and that i always hate those mechanics in mobile games if it's a mobile game just let me play it or charge money for it and i'll and i'll you know i'll pay the money for the flat out game like when super mario brothers came out and they had that version you could just buy it outright for like 10 bucks and everyone scoffed at 10 dollars for a mobile game um i enjoyed the hell out of that it was a one a one button one-handed super mario game and doom is just like that but it's got the mobile mobile uh hooks that are like tied to you're only going to be able to spend so much time with this and the only problem that i have with it right now is is that it doesn't pause the way that i am used to with like suspend mode for a lot of mobile games so if i get back into it it has to load where i'm at and i lose all progress um so that's like if i'm in the middle of a level Mm -hmm. and i i swipe out of it when I go back, it just starts over again. Like I don't it get to level over again. Okay. So maybe that's, that's how I've seen it. Okay. So maybe that's, that's where I'm at is I, it's like, I want to be able to go exactly to the spot where I'm at when I log back in. And I, that's, that's on me for having an expectation that that may be a limitation with the hardware. I don't know. But I, outside of that, I think they've done a really good job with it. I think it's fun. I, I definitely, I don't know how much time I'll spend with it, but it's on my phone now. So like if I'm, happen to be doing something that isn't checking twitter i'll probably be hopping into that i play that and via the xbox app you can play bejeweled i just like jumping i think yeah. that's the points love bejeweled. i like yeah i like putting you know when i'm turning my brain off i'll throw on a mobile game and tv at the same time that's fun for me mighty doom is like a nice addition to that mm. um something i was kind of bummed about though logan was unlike some of the other mobile efforts that microsoft has made this is not tied to your xbox live achievements your xbox mm. network achievements uh, and that kind of bummed me out i was i was hoping for that on some level because gears pop did have that and i liked it i thought it was yeah. cool um so i was i was surprised by that and i wonder if the appearance on like apple is why that's happening cuz i don't see a lot of Microsoft or Xbox, anything when I play Mighty Doom. No, I, I think that I think Microsoft definitely wants to get their own store. And I think that they want to push legislation to allow companies like Apple and Google to sideload full stores, not just games or software, but full stores onto their their hardware. And if that's the case, then, yeah, Microsoft is, you know, they won't have to have a Microsoft phone. They'll mm-hmm. just be on that device it's it's they're they're taking the approach of uh game pass and they're they're applying it to a microsoft store for mobile devices 
and they just they don't care you know where you buy their their content um because they want you to be able to buy it anywhere mm-hmm. yep agreed agreed all right let's get into this other one. Oh, did you see lego 2k drive this new AAA racing game yeah Made in Lego. That was cool, it was right? Cute. It was cute. I liked it. I liked the, the transforming that it did when you went from different thing to different, like different biome to different biome. It was cool. And if you guys haven't checked out a trailer, it's good. It's a good looking trailer. Uh, it it made me sad, though, because I don't know how well this game is going to do next to Forza Horizon, Gran Turismo, Forza Motorsport, Need for Speed, Mario Kart, because it's somewhere in between a Forza Horizon and a Mario Kart. That's where this game seems to live uh, yeah. in racing space. And I don't know how big that space is. And I say I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Like, I'm I'm speaking out of ignorance. So maybe I'm just wrong. Um, but it also, to me, when I see this game, it spells doom for the idea of a Lego expansion. And maybe that uh. ship already sailed for Forza Horizon because we got the Hot Wheels. And maybe you can't do Hot Wheels and Legos. Uh, we know Rally is coming next week yeah. i had that off by the way on twitter i said it was this week and it, it was not it was the 28th not the 24th um but yeah it kind of bummed me out to see that lego 2k was existing because it means why would you put this in forza and i really liked that content That's yeah still cool still cool maybe they wanted to prompt this up because we haven't seen a new lego game in a while like the star wars saga was the last lego game that we've seen and well, that no, we had Bricktails. Bricktails was a thing. Oh, you're right. Lego Ideas. Yeah, we had that. Yeah. That and that See, I forget about one. that. That but wasn't like a... For, it wasn't big. Yeah. Wasn't big. So maybe um, that's what's going on. Is they're, they're trying to elevate their IP by making full-fledged installments from what were normally like little tack-ons for like Forza. Like instead of giving Forza the rights to Lego to be able to build a Forza add-on or an expansion they wanted to really kind of play in that world and see if they could make their own their own version of a forza with lego and that's why we're seeing this so but yeah no i don't think we're going to be seeing lego and forza anytime soon in this case agreed agreed kind of bummer it's yeah. kind of bum me out because I, I don't know who's going to buy this one next to the others and if you are planning to let me know because when again when i say i don't know i'm not no. trying to be flippant or passive aggressive or anything. I, I really don't know. Like who's, who's snagging this one and who's stoked it, for it because I see it. It's cool. Would I buy it though? Th- this is a hundred percent. I guarantee you this is for parents who don't have a switch and have an Xbox because this is for the kids. And I'm, I'm all for that because I think it's going to really like if, if kids are into Lego and they've been watching like the Ninjago movies and the Lego movies and stuff, they've been watching all of that content. Then this is going to be great because it's, it's going to be easily accessible for those kids to be able to jump into this and not have to try and navigate Forza's menus to get into Lego or ask their parents, like, how do I get to the Lego stuff? I want to play Lego. Interesting. Okay. Okay. If that's the jam, I'm there for it. I think. Speculative. I don't know. Never forget the famous Michael Jordan quote about kids. I need a bleep button for that one. Beep. Do you remember this one? I do, I do not. So that's a oh. fun one. Okay. Then I'm not going to bring that <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look that one up. Then. It's, just a, it's a meme about Michael Jordan. He didn't actually say it from what I know. Oh, my God. It's funny. <laughs> well, just look up Michael Jordan. I'll meme. Kids. It's funny. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, you had a story about GameStop 
that I thought was interesting. Can you touch on this one? Because I have some pretty strong yeah. feelings about GameStop in general, having worked there. So, so yeah, I, and I've worked there too for, for just oh, like yeah. people know too. So back in the early two thousands when GameCube had come out, um, that was when wow. I was working as an assistant You're manager. Old. I am old. Yep. Fresh out of college. Uh, so yeah, um, this is the first for the fourth fiscal quarter, uh, that GameStop is finally back in the black. Um, which if you don't know is, is parlance for they're making profit. Uh, they reported profits of $48.2 million, um, in 2022, which effectively means that all of the stores that they've shut down, all of the layoffs that they've done, all of the, the, the pullbacks, all of the issues that they've had, all of that stuff has finally actually made GameStop profitable, which they have not been in a very long time. And as someone who has worked there, had really great friendships, had really good experiences uh, at, but understands that GameStop, it's hard to be, it's hard to be a company about games and one, be taken seriously, two, uh, live in a digital world. Um, I'm glad that they are showing profits. I hope that they've taken a look at what does well and go back to focusing purely on games instead of trying to do all their stupid experimental stuff that Mm -hmm. tries to expand their, their, cause I, I get it pops big margin on that one, you know, big margin on accessories, big, big margin on, uh, you know, plastic things and like that. There's not a whole lot of margin when it comes to buying games and more and more people are buying games digitally, especially given that half of the consoles out there, or probably maybe like a third of the consoles out there don't even support physical media. I would say that it's going to be increasingly harder for GameStop to survive in a digital world where physical collectors are really the only ones that are supporting and the third party uh, market. So I'm glad to see this. I hope that management like Reggie is on on the panel for GameStop as far as I know still. So like I hope that dude's putting in the, the hours to try and get this company to a state where we respect GameStop because we still don't. And I think that's the main issue. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe that's just from having worked there and seen how they treated game makers. Yeah. Game sellers. Everybody except for their their top brass. I mean, they treated everybody. They talked down and looked down on everybody. Yeah. Took advantage of everybody. And so I I have no respect for GameStop. That said, I have interacted with some wonderful people there, some wonderful human beings that are just trying to feed their families. I've I've seen people bend over backward to help me get a collectible. Um, So as a company, I have no respect for GameStop, but part of that might be informed by years past behaviors. Uh, And I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing for gaming if GameStop is doing well. Yeah. So from that approach, awesome. And I know there's at least six or seven people that still do physical only. Um, And good for you guys. Good for you. This is good for you. Physical get them, get them dead dinosaurs. That's right. That's right. I just, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely my, I'm, I'm the optimist out there. I want GameStop to be the company that people look at and think, damn, wouldn't it be cool if GameStop could actually hold like their own convention, like their own, their own thing. Like everyone loved GameStop and GameStop was doing the right things. And GameStop was like the haven for gamers and stuff like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't that be a really cool thing instead of be like, Man, I can't wait for GameStop to die. Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> You're right. All right. Let's flip it around and get to a listener mail. Listeners, remember you can uh, write us in on Twitter. You can uh, ping me at insipidghost or Logan at capped underscore Logan. Uh, of course, you can always write in over on Discord for our Patreon members. Uh, we definitely pull the Patreon questions uh, with regularity. Uh, let's pull up, Logan, a question that we didn't get to last week. Uh, Todd Oxer wrote in on Twitter, but he's also a patron. He said, any guesses as to what Metacritic's uh, will be what Metacritic's final score will be for Xbox once all their titles are announced. Once we're done, uh, what's the overall Metacritic score for Xbox? I think is really what he's asking. Um, I have a thought on this one. Age of Empires is already released. Hi-Fi Rush is already released. Age of Empires got an eighty-four. Hi-Fi Rush got an eighty-seven. Where are you at on this one, bud? I I'm so bad at this because I always I always like think things are going to be a lot higher than they actually are mm -hmm. and i think i blame that on the positivity because like oh the game is going to be great it'll be so much fun um yeah i given this i think redfall probably going to be like a 92 i think mm -hmm. starfield's probably going to be like a 96 so Whoa. i do I, dude that's <laughs> the optimist in me man I'm like okay. i think i think they're going to do really well on that they've been working hard on that okay. um so i think overall for the Metacritic for Xbox releases as as like a, a hold, like a guess for like all of them to like average averaged out, I would probably say like a 91. Mm -hmm. So but I mean, that's it's hard to know. I think I think Xbox is going to do really, really well this year Um, in a year where we don't have gears. We don't have Halo. We don't have uh, well, we still have Forza, too. So Motorsport is going to come out. Motorsport. That's going to be really good. I do well. Yeah. So. I, I think this is going to be a, a really good year for Xbox um, just with the, the titles that we know are coming out. What about you? So it depends. Are we, if you factor Ghostwire Tokyo in mm. um, with its improvements uh, right now, that has a Metacritic of 75 for the PlayStation version. Um, and that PlayStation version in theory could go up because they're getting the same content. It's just that when the game comes out on Xbox, it launches with the new or upgraded fixed stuff so maybe it goes up maybe it doesn't yeah. um because you might be able to recycle your review from the year before if you're you're an outlet i don't know um that said i'm feeling gut in my gut that you're gonna get like an 86 87 metacritic um mm. i don't know that starfield scores that high uh, i don't know that reddit that redfall scores that high um but i see them in the eights and above right like to me yeah eight is great and i don't mean that as a joke like to me eight is great like and i swim in sevens because i like to to find the fun sincerely so i feel like when you look at at ghostwire was a 75 maybe that goes up a little bit when you look at age of empires at 84 hi-fi rush at 87 and to me hi-fi rush is a nine easy mm -hmm. um i'm thinking redfall starfield forza pull this bad boy up uh and i think you get around an 86 87 overall that's mm. what I, I would think, but I'm not good at this either, right? Um, <laughs> this isn't my jam as a thing. I would, that's why Ellery, uh, they wanted us to do a fantasy. And for the record, Ellery, yes, if you set it up, I will participate, but I am not good at that kind of stuff. I don't think yeah. that way. Um, by, by nature, I don't think that way. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm a little bit stuck. But 86, sure. And I think you're going to get one more Xbox game this year that you don't know about. I don't think it's big. Maybe it's Pentiment. Maybe it's 
uh, age vampires. Yeah, yeah, whatever that means. Um, you get one more, and then you have, which don't count into Metacritic, but then you, you count all that next to content updates for C, for Sea of Thieves, already going well this year. Content updates for Halo, going very well this year. Uh, content updates for Grounded, no reason to think they wouldn't be good. Content updates for... They teased a little bit about that, too. There's a little bit of news about uh, content coming out for grounded i didn't i didn't get a chance to dive into it but i know that they they said that there was definitely stuff that that people have been asking for that they're working on getting out this year so grounded still constantly getting updates yeah and i i anticipate forza rally being very well received critically i don't know how it couldn't be um no you know like i don't know how it couldn't be but how that's received by users and players will be different but yeah 86 that's my answer that's my answer you said 92 uh i think 91 i think 91. i think redfall is going to get a 92 but i think overall it'll be 91 okay uh take it to the bank everybody you heard it here yep and probably other places too I don't get know. ready to lose that money <laughs> yeah yeah uh let's go with this question from brendan myers uh aka the winter gamer he wrote us in uh over on twitter he's a patron member as well uh, he says, what are some games that are good to play with chances of being interrupted? The ones where you pause and you don't go back till the next day you won't get uh, and you won't get lost. Gears Tactics, Midnight Suns, probably those those like have natural stops in the gameplay type games. Would you think that? See, this is see, this question is interesting because are we taking into consideration that you can suspend your game because for me pretty much most games that i play on xbox i i can dip in and dip out of and as long as they're suspended like a quick resume is amazing for this like i absolutely really love quick resume so i really counterpoint sea of thieves no halo multiplayer no so like there's there are no's to that yeah, no, I anything that that requires mo- most games that require online connections are going to be bad choices for this. Um, so you're going to want to go with single player content. But quick resume has definitely been uh, a real boon for me in this case. So when you know when I'm sitting there playing through like a, a Gears game or if I'm playing through Halo Infinite campaign, um, it's nice to be able to use quick resume to pop me right back into where I was. Um, vampire survivors funny enough is a game where (laughs) i have that like eternally on quick resume so i'm i'm constantly just going back into the level where i was and 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 finishing up because it's just it's a it's a fun one to pop on for a little bit um i'm trying to think so much of what i play is multiplayer it's so it's so hard for me to come up with like one specific game outside of the ones i've already mentioned that are good to do i just started resident evil That'd be a good one. Yep. Because that can suspend quick resume. Not to mention that you have to be in save rooms to save for those. And mm-hmm. that that you, you usually have to run back to a save room to be able to save at that point. Quick resume mm-hmm. is a great way to to do that. But Resident Evil, I would say, is 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 tougher in my mind because of the puzzles. And if you forget where you're at with the puzzles. Mm-hmm. then you're going to be running around trying to figure out like what, what you had to go get to, to be able to move forward. Okay. Then I can counter by saying dead space because there's a button that you just press in dead space and it tells you where your next objective is to go. Like it gives you a track. That's a great floor. example. It's a dead space. 
I would say Hi-Fi Rush, it probably fits into that category too. Yeah. Because you can, you can easily uh, suspend that and come back and get right back into the fight. Brendan's a parent, and I'm guessing that this is that is what he truly means by interrupted. And I know this isn't the popular answer, but I've heard even other podcasters uh, of much higher caliber say mobile games are the right thing to do. One-handed, handle your bit, you know, pause easily, come back to it. Most mobile games are built to for you to be interrupted uh, one way or another, phone calls, text, whatever you need to do, short stints, because you're playing them in line at Target or whatever. I don't know. Age of Empires, um, great game. Mm-hmm. Very easy to pause. Usually have it, it's, it's you know, you're just doing strategy at that point. You don't have to really worry about things um, in that case. I would say even like uh, uh, try out Valheim. Quick resume on Valheim is probably a good way to uh, to play that. Hmm. I got a nice message, by the way, from a outlet that said my Valheim interview did very well for them. Oh, that was nice of them. Nice. That's yeah. considerate. If they if they like the content and they're they're helping support yours and they enjoy it, it's nice to get that feedback from other outlets. Yeah, well, that was nice of them. All right, let's do uh, one or two more questions. This one comes from Ellery. They wrote in over on Patreon. Uh, as well they wrote in on discord from patreon uh how often does your hype and or anticipation for a game align with how you feel after playing it i think about this as i continue to get more and more stoked for redfall i tend to ride the wave of rosy prospection the tendency for people to anticipate events uh, is a lot more favorable than they will be because at least if a game is a flop just experience the joy of getting really high on a great game on a game is great who doesn't want more joy in their life uh, I like this question from Ellery. Um, oftentimes, I am okay because my expectations often match what I'm getting because I enjoy swimming in sevens. And I often know that that's been a joke made to me because of what I like so often that like, that's fine. But also, like I'm playing Resident Evil 4 right now. It's incredible. I knew it'd be incredible because Logan, as we talked about, they took a great game and made it better. Yeah. So, there's that <laughs> uh, we've been talking offline about that it mm-hmm. cracks me up yep and and hi-fi rush a game i didn't know about played that great game didn't have expectations because i didn't really know about it um i was disappointed by gotham knights despite loving it right i anticipate being disappointed by was uh suicide, suicide squad. squad yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably gonna love it but disappointed so like I feel like my expectations are often in line with it. I love Halo Infinite, even though yeah. I had moments of highs and lows there. Um, the only game I was... Oh, here you go. You're going to hate this. The only game I was disappointed by that I really reflect on just really being disappointed by was Sea of Thieves. Mm. And Which is fair. That, that first year, not great. But like since then, it's given me some of my best, if not my best, gaming moments ever. And other commercial flops that I've loved, Anthem. I loved Anthem. I was never disappointed by Anthem. <laughs> I was only disappointed that other people were disappointed. Yeah. So I'm usually okay with this. It's a what big mood. I know what I like and I know how to manage expectations fairly well for myself when it comes to games. So when I see a game that I know I'm probably going to enjoy, I have a, a fairly even keeled like expectation versus anticipation for like that game. So usually when I jump into a game, I know exactly how it's going to make me feel. Um, 
there's been a few times where I've been surprised that I, I did not expect to like the game as much as I did. Um, but most of that is is due to me playing games on PlayStation. Like I, I'll go over and I'll play uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. And when it clicks, that's the moment where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize how good this game is. Like this game is actually a really good game. It's got flaws. I'd call it like a seven, but well, not a seven. I'd say maybe like a strong eight. Um, but it's one of those things where like I, I wasn't going in with any any major expectations as far as like how good it was going to be. And it really surprised me, but there's been plenty of games like Halo Infinite's uh, campaign. I knew that was going to be good. I went in, I had a really good time with it. Uh, sea of Thieves was going to be a really good game. Um, I, I really enjoyed it at launch. I'd been playing through the beta, stuff like that. So Hogwarts Legacy, another one, like I knew that was going to be a good game when I saw it. Um, the, the thing, the ones that really hit for me that that I'm not sure about are things like Elden Ring. High expectations mm. based on what everyone says. I'm not feeling it yet. And I think that's because I haven't given myself to that game yet. And I think when I do and it clicks, that's when I'll have the Horizon Zero Dawn feeling of like, oh, I see why this is such a good game. And that's one where I haven't done that. Cyberpunk probably one where I had high expectations, high hopes, and I was let down because of the state of the game, not because of the story. I really enjoyed the story. I think the game's really good, but I think that they failed to manage expectations and quality when it launched. So most of the time, I would say I'm pretty in line with what I expect and what I get. Those are usually pretty on the, on the same level, but every once in a while something will come out, and my my head cannon will build up this game to be more than what it ends up being. Um, I think I almost got there with Deathloop because I think Deathloop was one where I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a really really amazing game," and when I started playing it, it was just okay. Yeah, that's fair. I dig it. Uh, last question, Logan. Yeah. Last question. This one came in from Rithgod over on Twitter. He says, I'm curious why crossovers haven't been a more prevalent strategy in gaming, particularly Microsoft Studios. The rest of the game media world is creating shared universes. The rest of the media world is creating shared universes, and I'm still waiting for Master Chief and Doom guy to fist bump. This is something <laughs> I've talked about a lot. Yeah, I don't know why it haven't, doesn't happen either. I want to see Doom armor in Halo. I want to see Gears armor in Halo. I want to see uh, Halo in... in Forza. I wanted to see Halo and see if the oh my gosh they did that. You've got Halo armor and Sea of Thieves as well as shipwrights. Like I want more, but I like when it happens a lot. I, I'm surprised we don't see more of it. Maybe it's a Bethesda thing. You're right. Maybe that's why I we think do it's a guys. legal thing. Is yeah. what I think. Okay. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of legalities that go into play. Like look at how long it took for Mario to get into a, a Mario game. That was not made by a, a Nintendo studio. Like mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of trust and a lot of faith that goes into stuff, and and it's hard for other companies to trust their IP. So, like in this instance, I think like Master Chief and Doom Guy fist bumping, like you can do that in Fortnite right now. Like that is something that you, and it's good. Like the armors for Master Chief and Doom Guy are great. Yeah, and my some of my favorite moments are actually when in our groups of four, which whoever, whichever combination of us is dropping that night, it's Kratos and, uh, oh my gosh, Horizon Girl. I'm so sorry. Aloy. 
Aloy, thank you. I'm playing as Aloy. Yeah, it's probably it is probably you. It is. Aloy, Kratos, Chief, and Doom Guy are all there together. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, we got the gears is in there also. Like, I think that's the, that's cool. I think the reason why we don't see this is part of it is is that the studios that are doing this generally are working on content that they're already working on. Anytime they do fun crossover stuff like this, it's usually like a handful of people that are very passionate about it and they throw it, throw it to the uppers and the uppers check with the other studio. The studios then talk to marketing and then get approval. If that works, then it disseminates down and then they can start working on that kind of a thing. So when it does happen, it's kind of a long process and, and it takes on average, I would say about six months for crossover content to get to see a thieves when they do try to do that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. i would imagine that there's a lot of time and investment and a lot of back and forth between multiple multiple people up in the the higher ranks of these studios trying to get these deals like worked out and like when is a good time to do it well my my dream of running from a from a brumach in a centaur in forza uh, <laughs> or getting to drive more warthog missions or you know, taking a Hot Wheels course through the battle on the Sea of Thieves. It remains my dream in Forza. I want more crossover stuff. Forza's good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Logan, I think that's a great place to stop for this week. I have so enjoyed this recording with you, my friend. Yeah, we had some good some good bashing in there. People mm-hmm. need to get your emails out there. Make sure you're you're writing up to Jim Ryan about how you want your Xbox mm-hmm. Game Pass on your on your PlayStation 5 so you can play with your Dual sense controller. It's a dumb controller. <laughs> don't you dare. I love that controller. I know you do. I don't get it. I mean, you and Joe are like, oh, the haptics is so great. The haptics it's rumble. They're fi- it's fine. Give me Spider Man. It was fine. Dear dear Phil Spencer, please make this thing with the same haptics that the dual sense has so I can buy a second one. That's all I'm asking. I don't get it. I don't get you it. Will. Like, I really you will. When I you get Astro it, you'll Boy. get it. I played oh I played God. all the, the PS5 launch stuff. I don't get it. And like maybe maybe I, you're maybe you just don't have sensitive hands. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, just but I was with those I don't rough, think I want that. Like I was like I'm trying hands. to swing. Yeah, you have manly hands. <laughs> you don't have your hand full of Vaseline keeping your hands soft. It's rough curly. Of course, it gets everywhere. Read a book, folks. You'll understand that reference. Oh <laughs> All right. Uh, guys, remember you can support XCP over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Help us get to E3. Help us upgrade our tech. Please. We are appreciative of the Yeah, big time. Um, we are grateful to all of you who are already there. We love you guys tremendously. Uh, and we love all of you for listening to XCP on all of your various podcast platforms of choice. If you can't support us on Patreon, feel free to drop a review. It means the world. Logan, let the people know where they can find you and where to find Keelhauled. You can find Keelhauled on any of your podcatchers. Just search Sea of Thieves in the podcast search field and you will see Keelhauled on there. Uh, Also, go check out um, Voyage of a Lifetime on YouTube or on the Microsoft Store. It is available for free. If you want to go watch that, you'll see me in there as well. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. And um, yeah, the Necromancer is a fantastic fantastic character everyone should be playing the uh necromancer with a really nice bone spear build and um skeletal reapers and uh frost mages i did get up to level 20 so i got the dog or whatever. hey there you go there we go so 
Alrighty, guys, remember you can find me on Twitter at InsipidGhost and XCP and all your podcast services, as I already said. That's it for us. Take care, everybody.